You're listening to Cleveland First Baptist Church's weekly sermon audio from lead pastor Rick Dill. For more information, please visit clevelandfirstbaptistchurch.com. In many ways, that is our challenge to praise God, not when uh, He does the things that we ask, but when He doesn't seem to answer in the way that we would hope. But today, we're going to really talk about uh, something totally different from that. Now, I have to say, uh, I really enjoyed preparing this sermon. We've uh, been for several weeks now in the Sermon on the Mount, examining the teachings of Jesus that uh, are, are really very practical, but at the same time, very difficult. Uh, you know, we've talked about finding happiness through showing mercy to others or through repentance from sin. We've talked about obeying the commandments and what that really means in that it means not just not to murder, but not to be angry. It means not to lust. It means being faithful to those that God has put us with, not seeking revenge and all of that part. And then the crowning blow last week when Jesus said, You know, it's great that you love the people who love you, but what God really expects is for you to love your enemies. Well, you know, it's one thing to um, love somebody that you really care about, but loving that enemy, that is a very difficult thing. Now, We're going to move, now that we have finished those teachings of Jesus, into something that is much, much easier to talk about. So I told Pam this this morning, and she said, oh, I could have worn my sandals. So I guess you could have, you know. I don't think anybody's going to be mad or upset this week after this sermon. And it's been just a joy to prepare. So, um... Today, we want to look at Matthew 6, 1 through 4. Let me remind you that Jesus stays in this theme of what we do to serve God. It's not about the outward act as much as it is about the attitude of the heart. So he's still talking in this vein. And he says this, watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others. For you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do so as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, you have received all the reward that you will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. So once again, Jesus is referring to a common practice of the religious leaders who would give alms to the poor, but the way they did that is uh, they called everybody around them to watch. Uh, They, so to speak, said, stop what you're doing and come see this. You're just going to be amazed at how wonderful and generous I am to this poor guy who can't help himself. You know, you need to see this. So the point of this teaching could not possibly be missed. 
very simple, especially in comparison to the things we've been talking about the last few weeks. If your purpose in doing good is to gain the praise of men, then that is exactly what you get, the praise of men. In that case, the good deed was never really for the needy person anyway, and certainly not about your love for the Lord. It, it was really all a gift to yourself. Your purpose was to puff yourself up and uh, by winning the praise of men. So don't expect God to take note of that good deed at all because he is not a part of it. And then Jesus gives us practical advice, and he says, do your good deeds in secret. That is, don't announce them to the world. And Jesus puts with this a promise. He says that if we do good deeds for the right reason, God will reward every one of those deeds. So the truth is, we could stop right here because you've got the heart of the, the message of this passage. It's unavoidable. Uh, so we could actually just pack up and go home. But of course, you're not going to get off that easy. I won't miss an opportunity to go into a little more detail. You know, um, we want to, to take a closer look at the whole idea of doing good deeds that runs throughout the Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. And I think in the past 50 years or so, good deeds have actually gotten a bad rap. In our zeal for preaching salvation by faith in what Christ did on the cross then we've almost taught that good deeds are unnecessary or sometimes even unspiritual. Nothing could be further from the truth. But those good deeds cannot earn you salvation. So right here, I want us to make sure, because we're going to spend the rest of the time talking about the good deeds we should do, but they do not earn you salvation. Rather, they are an indication that you are saved. So let's just start by looking at Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Paul writes, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you cannot take credit for this. It is a gift from God. It is not anything you did. It's his gift. Salvation is not a reward for doing good deeds or good things, so none of us can boast about them. So Paul just Black and white, it could not be clearer. Your good deeds do not save you. And very often, we're guilty of reading those two verses apart from the same thought that is found in verse 10. And that is a dangerous thing because you're taking it out of context. You really should never read those two verses without reading verse 10 as well. Because Paul goes on to say, For we are God's masterpiece. He has create, created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things he planned for us long ago. So it isn't that good deeds have become unnecessary or unwanted because we were saved by faith in Christ. Not at all. In fact, God's purpose, according to Paul, was to save us so that he could recreate us for the purpose of good deeds that he has already prepared for us. So just give some thought to that, please, before we begin. The whole idea, Paul says, is that God makes you a new per person with a purpose. 
And that is the purpose of doing good for others. Doing good for others. And what you do, he has already planned and prepared. Uh, If you let that sink in, that's a little breathtaking. To think that in this coming week, God has actually already prepared people to receive some good deed that he would do through me. That's an amazing thought. So good deeds do not save us. Rather, good deeds are evidence that our salvation is genuine. So let's just think about what the scripture teaches. First of all, the scripture assumes that we, as children of God, will do good to others. We do good deeds. Jesus addresses the crowd and teaches them about the possibility of having the wrong attitude about the good they do to others. But he just assumes that they are going to be involved in doing good deeds. Why would he assume that? Why would he? Well, there are several reasons. One, because God himself is good. Uh, You know, the scripture continually describes the goodness of God. The God we serve is a good God. In the Psalms alone, you can read over 21 times that God is good. A pillar of the Old Testament is repeated over and over, first time in 1 Chronicles 16.34, where we read, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. God doesn't just do good. God is good. His good deeds flow out of his character. And guess what? We were created in his image, right? Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Although we were created in God's image, what happened through sin, that image was completely destroyed, broken. And Jesus came and regenerated us, recreated us, and we became new people. What does that mean? Now our lives reflect God again in a way they could not without the Holy Spirit in us. So we reflect that goodness that is God. But that isn't all. God is good, but God also is good to me. God does good to me. Psalm 107, which Wesley read at the beginning, um, it begins with this statement of God's goodness that, uh, that is so important. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. So let's just, let's just say that. Let's say that together. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. But then David goes on in this quite long psalm to uh, enumerate all of the things, not just that God is good, but the good things that God has done to him. David says, God saved me. He says that God gave me a home and provides the necessities of life. He says that when I was in trouble, God heard my call for help and he came to, 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 save, to bring me to safety. He said, God has loved me. He says, even when I foolishly, foolishly rebelled against God, 
He sent his word and he healed me, snatching me from the jaws of death. David says, let us praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for us. We do good deeds, not just because God is good, but because God is good to me. And then we do good deeds because we are commanded to do good deeds by God's word. Over and over again, God's word calls us to do good to those around us. Good deeds should be a constant part of our lives. Paul told uh, Timothy, a young preacher friend of his, he says, tell them, your congregation, to use their money to do good. They should bring they should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. Your material blessings have been given you not just for self-gratification, but to give you an opportunity to do good for others. That's a cool thought. Now, I'm going to do something a little different in this sermon. I want you to do something for me. I want you to get a pen, pen or pencil. And I want you to write down a few suggestions. As we go along through this sermon, I'm going to make some suggestions as to how you might apply that this week. And I know that if I did not write these down, I would not remember them. Now, you might write them on your phone or however you want to do it. But uh, just make note of these. So this is the first suggestion. Think of some person this week that you can help in a small financial way, no matter how small, because that's what Paul is talking about. Even if it's just a $5 gift card, just let someone give it to that person for you so that you remain anonymous, but include with the card some word of encouragement and love from the Lord. Uh, let God use you to be a blessing as you do a good deed for someone. And then Paul says in his second letter to Timothy, he says, if you keep yourself pure, you'll be a spiritual utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you'll be ready for the master to use you for every good work. That's cool. Good works are something that God does through you. It's not really my doing the work. It is God working through me. Paul says, you... Keep your life pure because you want to be used as a utensil, as a tool to be a blessing, a blessing of God through you to other people. And then Titus, we read Titus 2.7, and you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and seriousness of your teaching. So, our good works are also examples for others. We provide a model for them to pattern their lives after. Now, every one of us who has children or grandchildren, we need always to be aware that we are an example for those kids. Uh, every child will pattern his life after somebody or something. And I know we kind of have the, the, the clean slate sort of idea about children, but that just isn't true. It's not scientifically true. We all uh, mimic somebody else. Uh, 
So we need to be an example of those good works. Our children need to see us caring about other people. And they will, they will uh, imitate that. And then James says this, remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not to do it. So this is a warning. He says when, when we know that we're supposed to do something for someone, we need to do it right now. We don't need to put it off. We don't need to forget it. We don't need to make excuses. That would be sin to avoid doing the good deed that we felt God wanted us to do. Now, I've often said that uh, throughout the years of preaching, it, it has been beyond amazing at how God connects the message he prepares over a period of several weeks with things in our lives. And that is no different today. Um, we got a call this week from um, someone who needed our help, <laughs> only not in the way you think. Uh, they had been told by God, and she explained really with tears. She said, um, God spoke to me and spoke to my husband and told us this is a family that needs our help. We need to do a good deed. We need to give them support. They're in a terrible crisis. And because of the circumstances, we were not able to do that right away. And because they don't know the family, they just knew of them, then they didn't know how to get in touch with them. And, and their question to me was, can you help us find this family? And as she explained, she said, because I know that God wants us to help them. So I don't know how to find them. Can you help? There was a tone of repentance there, too. Why? Because there hadn't been action at the time they felt God speak. And she said, I, we need to do this. We know we're supposed to do this. What a joy to get to help in, in something like that. So, a second suggestion. If God ever puts or has put in your heart to do something good for someone, but you've put it off for whatever reason, don't put it off any longer. Ask for forgiveness, because James calls that sin, but then do what the Lord has laid on your heart. And, and let me just say, you know, if you think, for whatever reason, as you're driving down the road, you know, my neighbor over there, she probably could use this or that out of our garden. I do not believe that that comes from nowhere. I believe that that comes from the Spirit of God prodding us to do good because He is good and He does good. So don't ignore those impulses that you have. Instead, act on them. And then we are commanded to motivate others to do good. This is cool. Verse, uh, Hebrews 10, 24 is an important verse and you ought to underline it in your Bible. 
The author of Hebrews says, let us think of ways. That is, let us be creative. Let us be involved. Let us imagine ways. Come up with things. Ways to motivate each other to acts of love and good works. (laughs) I love that. He says, you need to be thinking creatively about not just the good deeds you can do, but how you can motivate God's people to do good deeds. So that means when you get a group together to build a ramp for somebody, that's Hebrews 10.24. When you organize meals for someone who is sick or grieving, that's Hebrews 10.24. When you share a need with anyone uh, so that they can actually be involved in helping that person, that is Hebrews 10.24. When you chaperone a youth ministry trip, That's Hebrews 10.24. We're not only to do good to others, but we are to motivate, spur each other on to do good deeds for the people of God. So third suggestion. Think of some person, someone you know that you could in some way involve in doing good for somebody else. You know, you might call somebody and say, let's take a meal to whoever. Um, However, ask God. He will tell you how you can do that. And then let's talk a minute about the attitude behind the action. The attitude behind the action. You know, we've already touched on this because that really is the main point of this uh, teaching of Jesus. Be aware of the reason that you're doing good deeds. Um, It is not for your praise. Jesus makes very clear that our good deeds are to glorify God and not ourselves. So what does that mean to not glorify us? You know, uh, I don't think many of us have ever blown the trumpet and said, you know, watch what I do. We're not quite that far along. Well, maybe it'd be good for us to look at it first. What does it not mean? Uh, It it does not mean that we cannot accept heartfelt gratitude from those whom we've helped. In fact, sharing gratitude is a blessing for the one who is saying thank you as well as it is for the one that uh, that is being thanked. And gratitude is also a, a relation builder. If I refuse to accept gratitude, if I brush that off and go, no, 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 that's just, that's just God. It's not me, not me, not me. Uh, that's really a relationship blocker. When you accept gratitude from someone that you have ministered to in some way, that gratitude may be the only thing they can give in return. And it is important to accept it. So... You know, it it doesn't mean that. And it does not mean that you can never share, can never share the experience of how God has blessed you by allowing you to help others. That is one of the opportunities we have to motivate others. What does it mean? Well, if the intent of your doing good is to get the attention of others, that is your reward. That's what Jesus says. It's not to bring glory to us, but we do what we do to bring glory to God. And I would just say, you know, because we often question ourselves, oh, I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe I'm 
uh, doing this for the wrong reason. You know, if you ask that question, you're probably not doing it for the wrong reason. I think our hearts will convict us when that is the case. We will know. The Pharisees knew exactly what they were doing when they blew the trumpet upon giving to the poor. It does mean that there's something very special, though, about helping a person anonymously. A special blessing comes with that. To be able to do something for someone and they never know who did it. That is a great gift. And then we are to do good deeds out of the overflow of God's grace in our lives. Paul writes to the Thessalonians, And may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow, just as our love for you overflows. So the source of any good deed that I do for the glory of God is God himself. He is the one who puts that in me and motivates. Unless he has changed me and filled me in a way that I cannot really understand, I will not be able to do good deeds to bring him glory. Good done for the Lord is always because of the good he has done for me. Next suggestion. Take time at the beginning of each week, or maybe just this week, take time to name one thing that God has done for you. One good deed that he's done in your life. And then ask God to show you some way that you can do a good deed for someone else this week. He will use that. And then we give, we do good deeds out of a generous spirit. When Paul was writing to the Corinthians who were uh, you know, they were arguing about who's the greatest and the best and very self-sufficient and proud of what they had and who they were. And Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 8, 2, he says this, and he's talking about the Macedonians who were very poor, bitterly poor. And he says, they are being tested by many troubles and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy which has overflowed in rich generosity. So Paul is talking about the generosity of these churches that gave way beyond their means to help the hungry in Jerusalem. The wealthy Christians were to make the Macedonians as their example, and that was probably offensive to them. It is a funny thing that often the more we have the less we give proportionately. The scripture says, to whom much has been given, what? Much is required, exactly. The good deeds, especially financial, are to be in direct proportion to the blessings that we have received. That's an important statement. Um, now, I had an interesting experience about eight weeks ago, I guess, when um, the whole COVID thing had begun, I was talking to um, a man, and he's a believer. I know he is a believer. And um, 
he said, you know, I've been thinking about all this. And he said, uh, I, I haven't lost my job. In fact, I got a promotion. You know, I'm going to be making more. And my wife, she hasn't lost her job. And if I understand it correctly, uh, I'm going to get from the government, we will get $2,400 in it, $1,200 a, a, a person. And he said, that's money we neither counted on nor money that we have to have. And he said, I think that God is telling me to give that money away to someone who is hurting and suffering. And he said, when it comes, that's what I'm doing with it. And um, that stuck with me. It has stuck with me. We are to do good deeds for those around us who are in need, proportionate to what God has done for us. So a last suggestion, one last suggestion. Show great financial generosity to someone this week and do it anonymously. And it will be a blessing to you. Yeah. That is what he promises. Finally, good deeds are rewarded. Jesus says, give your gifts in private and your Father who sees everything will reward you. Uh, you know, you just can't outdeed God. <laughs> you can do good things, but every good deed done from the heart to glorify the Father is going to be rewarded. And I think it's going to be rewarded in two ways. It will be rewarded in this life. Uh, I mean, in heaven. Uh, we know that. We don't know exactly how. But it also will be rewarded in this life in that it will be a blessing for us. God calls us to do good in the lives of others. And we need to think about how we can do that. What a difference it would make if all of God's children were every week concerned about where is that person I can do good for. Yeah. I'd like for you to just join me in a word of prayer. Would you just take a moment to think about the passage that we've read? And think about, just ask the Lord if he has a person he'd like to lay on your heart. Someone who needs some good deed this week. Would you just ask him to show you that if that's the case? and to show you how you can touch their lives. And if he shows you somebody, would you just make a commitment to do that? To not put it off or to find excuses, but to do the good deed he calls you to do. Father, we thank you so much for the wonderful way that you have blessed us and done good in our lives. Lord, I thank you for your protection and your provision for all those things that you have over decades provided for us. Lord, help us to be aware of those around us who need our help, whether it is financial or whether it's encouragement, whether it is time, whatever it might be. 
Lord, help us to be willing to do good for them because you have done good to us. Lord, we just praise you and thank you for your word. Pray that you would help us to hear it and obey it. In Jesus' name, amen.